The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio, you all. I am Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, your southern voice. For bold self-expression, and I am giddy and delighted to be sitting in again this week for Simran Singh, our visionary speaker, our creative catalyst, and our rebel humanitarian, who's taking much-deserved time off not only to rest from, I'll say, our Rebel Road RV tour this year, but also to complete her third book, Your Journey to Love, which is due out in February of 2015. And so while we are all waiting on the edges of our seat for Simi's third book, be sure to gift yourself with the experience of her first two books, and those would be Conversations with the Universe. And it's a brilliant book about understanding how the universe is speaking to you in signs and symbols and synchronicities. And then there's Your Journey to Enlightenment, equally as brilliant, about the 12 guiding principles for living awake and aware as the creative rebel and master that you are. And you can find Simi's books at www.iamsimran.com, and that's spelled I-A-M-S-I-M-R-A-N. And so as I shared, I am Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, your host for tonight's show, and I, like Simi, consider myself a rebel with a cause, and that cause is to daily inspire anyone who is brave enough to step within five feet of my energy field to live a life of freedom, liberation, and bold self-expression, and how I love to do that is through my own Rebel Bell philosophy, but also two incredibly beautiful systems of knowledge that I feel very privileged to work with as a coach and a mentor, and those would be human energy design and then the gene keys and the golden pathway. And I playfully and powerfully guide individuals back home to the truth of who they are. And so I always love to ask folks two questions, and one of those questions are, Are you tired of creating your life with effort and struggle? And if you can answer that with a resounding yes, the next question is, how would you like to experience a little bit of ease and abundance in your life, love, and work? And so if your answer to those questions, if both of the answers to both of those questions is a resounding yes, I would love to introduce you to your personal blueprint for life, your unique human energy design chart, and your golden pathway. And so you can discover more about how I work with 
these two very, very dynamic paths to self-empowerment by visiting my website, www.therebelbell.com, and that's B-E-L-L-E. You can also go to Simi's site, www.imsimron.com, and look under her service tab. And so moving right along and on to our guest for this evening, I was so excited when Simi asked me to host the show again tonight, because tonight, again, the guest that I'm talking to is one of my dearest friends and colleagues, a woman who has had a profound impact, and I'll even say imprinting on my life, and not only my life, but my daughter's my loving husbands, my siblings, and many of my closest friends and colleagues. She's been and still is today a mentor and a masterful coach of mine. She's been my teacher and the facilitator of my coach training as a life development coach in listening and communication. And so I'm going to boldly step out there and proclaim that she is the best kept secret in the personal and spiritual empowerment and business development industry today, for anyone that's listening who is a coach today or a mentor in your own practice or entrepreneurial business, we owe Dr. C a dose, an enormous dose, I'll say, of gratitude. And she's one of the early recognized pioneers of the coaching industry, along with the infamous Thomas Leonard, founder of Coachville, and Sandy Vilas of Coach You. She is the brilliant and the dynamic Dr. Carol McCall. Welcome, Dr. McCall. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be on this call with you. I know. I'm so excited that Simi has given me the opportunity to share you with her listeners. So let me do that and let me share a little bit about your background and your experience. Dr. Carol McCall, you guys, is a recognized and highly accomplished social psychologist and master certified coach with five decades, and I'll say that again, five decades of combined experience in education psychotherapy and personal performance enhancement. She is a dynamic teacher, motivational speaker, leader, and mentor with expertise in listening dynamics, communication skills, and life development and performance training. She's the founder of the Institute of Global Listening and Communication, and this is an international training, coaching, and seminar company that's anchored in a belief that listening is the single most important component in any conversation, whether that conversation is personal or professional. She's the author of the book, Listen. There's a world waiting to be heard, which we're going to speak about tonight. But this pioneer in the field of listening and communication is best known for her unique listening skills and style and her laser coaching ability, which quickly will empower you, I promise, to turn your desires into commitment, into action, into results and profitability. I love to say about Dr. McCall is she can move your mountains. She can profoundly shift how you listen to yourself how you listen to your family, your partners, your colleagues, your clients. I have known her since 2001 and was actually introduced to her through her personal development workshops. But what I'm most excited about for her today is that her devotion to this work of hers and the power of listening is now moving into a new phase where she is currently engaged in a brainwave project, in brainwave research, 
that's going to enable the development of a system that will consistently measure in real time cognitive and the emotional well-being of the listeners while they are listening by recording that person's brainwave feedback. Now, what that means is the world's going to finally understand, Dr. McCall, how the world, how the power of listening and that listening indeed impacts every cell in our bodies and it has a direct effect on our health, our emotional well-being, our stress levels, and I'll say most importantly how we navigate our relationships because relationships are everything. And then finally, I will say this dynamic woman has a vision to create 200 million masterful listeners by the year 2020. And so I'm delighted that we all get to be a part of that vision this evening. And so I'm diving right in to ask you to speak about this word called listening that people banter around by saying, yeah, 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 I'm listening, I'm listening. Talk to me about your definition of that word listening and how you teach your style of listening. Wow. <laughs> okay, I will do that. Uh, my definition of listening is being fully present, and I know that that expression is uh, often repeated, being present, being present, present to yourself. Well, what does that really mean? So bottom line, in simplistic terms, it means being fully focused in the moment with what is going on and being able to hear all four quadrants of the speaker, four quadrants being mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. When you are able to listen to those four quadrants, you are fully present and you are receiving the entire message of the sender. Not only are you receiving the entire message of the sender, you're also completing. It's like the letter eight on its side, the sign of infinity. Mm. It, what goes out also comes back, and you become like an echo chamber for the speaker. That The speaker in that moment, when you are listening fully, experiences, maybe for the first time that day or maybe for the first time in his or her life, being fully heard all the way through, and it creates an immediate connection, trust, and safety when a person is listened to. So my definition of listening is the ability to hear someone on all four quadrants, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, and receive the entire message, the full gestalt, of what the speaker is saying. Hmm. And what you become when you listen from that perspective, an exciting, wonderful phenomenon happens, which is when you're listening from that perspective, there is nothing else going on in your mind except the message that is being received by the listener. And so it becomes a complete Level, uh, leveled playing field or listening field, I prefer, and we are now in communion as in communication. Mm. I heard you, you experience being heard, I'm listening to you, and I in that moment of listening to you become as much as possible a blank 
slate free from criticism, condemnation, judgment, opinions, thinking about whether what I'm going to say, none of that is present when I am eight, when I'm fully listening to you on all four quadrants. And thank goodness the physicists have come up with a law in physics that says no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. Now, I do realize that there are schools of thought on that particular theory, and I'm very clear that in communication and listening, that theory works perfectly. When you are listening, truly listening to someone else, there isn't anything else going on. There's no room for anything else to go on, be going on. And I've had people say to me, well, what do I say when they're done speaking? My answer to that question is when you're fully listening, what there is to say is right there in the present moment, including the statement, I don't know what to say. That's a statement that you can say in that moment from the perspective that that's what's there for you. So when you are present, fully present, fully focused, and listening to the speaker, all four quadrants, that's listening. Hmm. Did I answer your question? Yeah, you know what, and it sounds like absolutely (laughs) freedom and liberation to me. Um, I also know from working with you that in this work that you do around listening, um, there was there's the origin of it, I guess I'll say, is quite intriguing to me, which has ultimately led you to do your doctorate and the current research that you're doing around the healing powers of listening. So I'd love for you to share that with um, the 1111 listeners, listeners, how you came to be doing this work. Well, when I was, thank you, I, I, I'd love to. It, the, when I first began working during this training, I started out as a teacher. And um, I really worked with children in ter- as a subject matter. It, the subject matter was nothing more than a vehicle through which the children could be to experience the full expression of who they are or who they were in the process of becoming, and certainly who they were at that moment in that, at that particular grade level. And as I continued to teach, I also segued into um, paying attention to personal growth and development, child development, and ended up in a study uh, training program where I had the opportunity to work with the criminally insane when they were housed in San Quentin in California. And I was very, very much a novice at listening and working with a particular um, group, a particular niche of people, and certainly had never, ever worked with uh, uh, criminals of any, uh, at any level, period. And so when we went into the, the uh, jail, the prison, and we were uh, seated directly in front of, across from, safely uh, safe across from, uh, serial killers, the question that was asked is, how could you have committed these heinous crimes? Some, some of them had been in there for years and had killed 30, 40, 50 people, 13 people, 20 people, and... They had, uh, most, the majority of them, of course, were, were sociopaths. And so they, they had no, quote, feelings about how, what they had done, with one exception. What happened every time they murdered someone, they said, the only time that anyone listened to me was at the moment of their death. That's when they listened. And for me, 
me, meaning me collectively, each one of the prisoners said it in their own version. For me, it was about finally somebody hears me. And I had the thought, you know what, if this were to take for us to stop, uh, for them to stop killing people and knocking people off, I'm really going to devote myself to people being heard that will live longer. And that that was so impactful for me and so so uh, jarring, actually, for me. It's, that, is, that was a pivotal point for me to turn and begin to look for my own mentors who would support me to deepen and to strengthen my own ability in terms of listening, which I discovered uh, when I was little, three years old, that I really did hear people. I really was able to listen to people. And my mother, in her well-meaningness, said, uh, Little Caroline, don't, don't, don't say what you just heard because that can be rude to people or they don't want you to say what you just said. So don't say that. So by the time I was in my late 20s, I stopped, really, I stopped listening. Mm. However, when I went back into training as a therapist, I reclaimed that ability to listen and listen at a very deep level. And when the prisoner said what they said, when the criminally insane said what they said, I knew that that would be a way for me to really contribute my gift in terms of having people hear themselves, experience being heard. So the bottom line, I want to live in a very safe world. And when people are heard and they're listened to at a very deep level, they feel safe and they don't act out and they don't. Um, retaliate. They actually build a a um, space of, of trust and safety and communion, which is part of the word communication. Mm. So the word intimacy too comes is up that for deep, me. It's that deep communion. It's that deep communication that we all of us really yearn for. We simply want to be heard. And when I say that, we don't have to be agreed with. We simply need to know that somebody really heard our message, and that means the full gestalt of the message, no matter what that is, without any ad- additives uh, uh, placed on our message. So that's really how I, all of this got started, and then uh, later in my career, I had the opportunity to be at the United Nations, the 50th anniversary of the United Nations, and I sat with the world, and the world was not listening, mm. clearly was not listening, and it was it was. It still is painful. Uh, I noticed that I get choked up whenever I revisit that that memory, and it was a very sad experience. While it was, it was an honor to be with the with the uh, United Nations. It was also a very sad experience to sit with the world and get that the world's not listening. So as a result of that, the title of my book, "Listen," there's a world waiting to be heard, was an outgrowth from that experience. Yeah, I believe I remember in your book you actually made reference to that, that you were sitting at the United Nations and that China wasn't listening to Russia, and Russia wasn't listening to China, and um, walking out of that place was, you know, really did inspire you to make the commitment to do the work that you do in the world. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I very lovingly say, you know, I, I want the world to hurry up and get their act together in terms of listening so I can go sit on the beach and drink my tide. Wouldn't, so. wouldn't that be a thought? Wouldn't that be great? I, um, it's time for us to take a break. Folks, we're talking with Dr. Carol McCall, entrepreneur, educator, social psychologist, business consultant, 
and the author of the book, Listen, There is a World Waiting to be Heard. You can find Dr. C's book in print, and you can find it in MP3 format by going to www.listeningprofitsu.com, and that is the letter U, listeningprofitsu.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with you after our break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Next to breathing, listening is the single most important thing that you and I do. Yet, did you know that most people only listen at 25% of their capacity? Imagine for just a moment what would be possible for you in all of your relationships, in your work, your family, in every area of your life, if you could improve your ability to really listen by as little as 10% more than you do now. That is the opportunity that you have by reading the book, Listen, There is a World Waiting to be Heard by our guest today, Dr. Carol McCall. Again, you can find Dr. C's book in print and MP3 format at listeningprofitstheletteru.com. As I said earlier, I'm Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, hosting for Simi today. And before I return to my conversation with Dr. McCall, I'd like to... Um, Remind everybody that Simi is taking her much-needed break. She's actually finishing her third book, Your Journey to Love, while she is off resting. And as she moves back into her work, Simi's inviting 10 new coaching clients in as a part of a 10 coaching session package that she's offering. And that's starting on October the 1st. And so there there are 10 spaces. They are on a first-come, first-served basis. And knowing Simi as I do, she is fully devoted to being 
of dynamic service to a small group of individuals fully devoted to their own transformation. So this is a beautiful offer, and you can learn more about it by going to her website, www.iamsimron.com, and looking under the service tab. And so before, on the other side of the break, Dr. C., we were talking about this beautiful body of work that you have dedicated your entire life to and how it began with working with the criminally insane. And what I have heard you say over the years that I'd love for you to talk about is the healing power of listening and what actually happens to us physically when we are listened to and when we're heard. Well, you know, it's what what happens physically. It's almost the feedback that I have gotten is people have experienced something close to like a shudder, like their body actually shudders. There is this release. Uh, they exhale. They uh, It's a little tremble as in they have been holding themselves for so long and finally they can release, relax, and feel safe. However, at a cellular level, uh, finally, it's the opportunity when one is heard and feels safe, there begins a process of the, the cells regenerate anyway. And so this, the, when people are experienced being heard, they, they start to listen not only to themselves, they also listen to other people. There is a, a, an acceleration and a completion in terms of cells regenerating and, I say, at an escalated rate. And so it contributes to our well-being. And I can really validate that over the last 24 to 48 hours, my daughter and I have been deeply engaged in pulling together um, our work, our languaging work for our brainwave study project. And in terms of us working together, we really spoke our truths to each other. And without interruption, without uh, finishing other sentences, uh, mother to daughter, which is a phenomenon in and of itself. I didn't finish her sentences. She didn't finish mine. We, we, we said some things that were very uncomfortable to, quote, listen to, and yet where they were coming from, where the, where the statement was coming from, I experienced uh, a relaxation and a general uh, wellness in terms of my daughter heard what I had to say, not from her mother, but she heard it from another woman speaking, and that was my truth for me. That was what was valid for me. That was what was authentic for me. And as I spoke with her, and she listened to me, and she experienced that I had heard her, and that she had been listened to, I literally saw my daughter's face brighten, her cheeks got Rosie, uh, as in healthy Rosie, not red from, from any kind of embarrassment. She, she just, she, there was a lightness that occurred. And I say that when people are really listened to, it does touch our, um, not only us physically, internally. It really begins to accelerate how the cells do communicate back and forth amongst themselves. So when we're listening, our entire system is part of the communication grid. And so when we start to listen, we accelerate, I say, that process of being heard at a very deep level, which then creates 
a, a sense of well-being and a sense of ease. When we're not listened to, when we are not heard, it does create a disconnect or a dis-ease. And when we don't listen to ourselves and we continue to discount, dismiss, we do create a dis-ease within ourselves. And that kind of uh, energy gets lodged in our bodies, in our cells, and it's only in the process of being heard, someone receiving us without any negativity or judgment, criticism, without any of that in the space, meaning being fully present to me as the speaker and they're fully present as the listener, then that healing process takes place at a, at a very deep uh, physical cellular level. And so that is the value of listening, truly listening, and how come it's, how come it's my mission that we have 200 million masterful listeners, and when I say masterful, I mean the ability to listen to all four quadrants, is that will create critical mass. And once we reach critical mass, then it really shifts the entire planet. And that's really what I'm up to, is to shift the entire planet in terms of communication, moving us forward being able to commune with each other in a way that is reciprocal, that is receiving, that is giving, that is generous, and safe. I keep coming to that word. When people are safe, they begin to relax, they release tension, they release stress, and they begin to perform at an optimal level. So listening also provides optimum performance once a person experiences that they have been heard, heard as in accepted, listened to, received. So that's, that's, what, that's the value of listening and how it truly supports us um, in our communication as we commune with each other. Mm. You know, <clears throat> I love it when there is a happy ending to every story. <laughs> and um, I know when I was, when I was reading the book, and you were talking about the topic that we're talking about, about how as children we begin to hold on to this toxicity because we're not heard from age one and then two and then three and four. Again, there's a happy ending to every story. In your book and in your work, you have created nine tools of listening which can be practiced that can teach each of us not only how to hear ourselves but listen to others. I think it would be brilliant if we go over those nine tools of listening, if you're good with that. Yes, I am. And uh, the, the nine tools of listening, really, if you, when you follow the tools, starting with brevity, uh, there is that, uh, Epictetus said this, we have two ears, one mouth, <laughs> so that we use the appropriate <laughs> we use the appropriate vehicle for communication, which is we listen more than we talk. That's when we really are in communication. And as we go through the, the nine tools, the tool being brevity, and in this particular moment, um, I am very much looking for my glasses so, so that I can hope listen better. Um, so from that perspective, the nine tools. Brevity is the first one. And that means being brief. Say what there is to say. No story. No embellishment. Say what there is to say and be complete. And then listen. The second 
tool, which is acknowledgement. It's very different from how most people hear acknowledgement. They hear acknowledgement as a compliment. I'm not talking about a compliment. I'm talking about acknowledging, one, what the speaker has said, and two, acknowledgement comes in two parts. I acknowledge what you said. I accept. I receive what you say. Accept and receive doesn't mean I agree. It does mean, though, that I've accepted it from your perspective, and I um, have received what you said from your perspective, and what that has contributed to me, how I'm using it, what I'm doing with it, that completes the, in the eight on its side, the infinity circle, what goes out comes back, and the person then has the opportunity to experience that, finally, I have been heard. Someone got my message. Uh, and in, in our culture, unfortunately, we live in a culture where most of the time people are in competition with who's going to dominate the conversation or who's going to be the victim in the conversation. And acknowledgement uh, can be used to um, create a hierarchy. In my work, in terms of listening, that is not the purpose. The purpose is to receive, accept what the, from the perspective of the speaker what they have said, and then to share also, give feedback to the speaker what I have done, the contribution that that has made to me. So an example would be, Chuck, I appreciate what you said about reading my book and, and, as ch- and the part about children. I appreciate what you said about it in terms of the toxicity. And what that means to me is I can now continue to support people. It's a validation that my continuing to support people to release that toxicity from a very early age still has value in my work. That's the contribution of the statement that you made to me. So I'm acknowledging that, and I thank you. That's a, that's a version of an acknowledgement. Does that take time to say all that? Not really. Once you start to using a particular formula, no, it doesn't take time at all. And so acknowledgement is different from a compliment. The third, uh, the third tool is empowered listening. I use empowered listening. I don't use active listening, and so I'm not out to change the education culture. I am out, though, to definitely use the word empowered listening from the perspective that you are choosing a way to listen to not only yourself, to listen to the world, to listen to the public, to listen to your loved ones, to listen to your children, your siblings. Choose a way to listen to them. That's empowered listening because you're choosing. And I've had the feedback, well, if you're choosing, you're really not listening. Yes, you are. You're always choosing how you're going to listen to someone. It may be a default. Most, many people listen from a critic. I don't believe that. I'm not going to accept that. That's not true. That's not the way I do. You've already chosen a listening. So this is about deliberately choosing a listening in terms of, I want to listen to this person as a leader. I'm going to listen to this person as capable. I'm going to listen to this person with respect. Those are the three major choices to make in empowered listening. There are seven of them. Three of them right now is as far as I will go at this point. That's leadership, capability, and respect. The empowered listening that I use 99.9% of the time is capable. Mm. I listen to people as capable. Even when they show up a particular way, 
and they're not meeting their potential, not, not a potential I placed on them, a potential they placed on themselves, even when they're not reaching their own potential, I hold them as capable. They're capable of not reaching their own potential. So that doesn't mean they're not capable. They are capable. They're already doing it, not reaching their potential. So I listen to people as capable. And so whatever anyone takes on, if they really put their mind to it, if they really put their focus to it, and my favorite word, if they really put their listening to it, then it gets accomplished. And that is a tried and true formula. I have yet to meet a person who didn't put their listening to something, really put their listening to it, and it showed up. It didn't show up. I have yet to meet that person. Uh, people, when they really start to listen to what is true and authentic for them, they accomplish what they set out to accomplish. So let me continue to move forward. Um, being heard. Being heard makes sure that your communication is it reaches its um, intent. And very often when I'm communicating with someone, I will ask the question, did I answer your question or did I address what you said? Did I to make sure that I was heard the way that I was intended to be heard? If that is not the case, then I will re-language what I said so that I'm clear that I am heard. And one of the ways that I, I recognize in our daily language, people use the word, you know, they use the phrase, well, you know, we went to, you know, dinner the other day, you know, and we after dinner, we, you know, we went to this movie, you know, and I don't know. And so that kind of staccato breaking up of one's thought process and message really unknowingly, is a turn-off. Okay. It, it is a way that people really, you've trained them to stop listening to you. Or you've invited them to finish your sentences. Or you've invited them to tell you what you really need. This phrase called, well, in other words, what you're saying is, from the perspective that you've been saying so many, you know, you know, no, people don't know. They're not a mind reader, at least not yet. And so finish the complete thought. And when you finish your complete thought, you are making certain that the person stays around to listen to you, and that way you know that you're being heard. The next one is boldness. Boldness is not rudeness. It's the fifth um, tool. Boldness is not rudeness. Boldness means speaking in the moment what is so for you authentically. It doesn't mean I have to say anything rude. It simply means that in that moment I speak up and speak my truth. And very often, I really coach people to avoid the words right and wrong. I very much coach people to use the expression that serves, that doesn't serve, or that works, or that didn't work. And that keeps the, uh, at least it diminishes the probability of competition and conflict. So it didn't serve to speak with me with that particular tone, or it didn't work when I heard you say this particular word, what I did with it is, and then I finish whatever it is that, that, that I felt and or the thought that I had. And when I use that kind of boldness, people are very clear that I'm talking about me and how it served me. And another phrase that I use is what I did with what you said. This is, this is what you said and here's what I did with what you said. That's also boldness. 
And I'm going to stop right at this moment. I think we have I was going to say, and let me boldly, let me boldly say, it is time, it is a good time for us to stop and take a break. Folks, we're talking to Dr. Carol McCall, pioneer and master in the skill of listening with, as I said earlier, five decades of combined experience in education, psychotherapy, and personal performance. And you can discover more about this amazing visionary and her book, Listen, There's a World Waiting to be Heard, at her website, which is www.listeningprofitsu, and that's the letter U, www.listeningprofitsu.com. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. When enough of us listen, we won't have children who are abused. We will not have convicts who murder and kill people because they were abused and nobody heard them. We won't have poverty because people will hear that there is enough. We have a listening called scarcity. And when you shift that listening to abundance, there will be enough to go around. When people can listen to that, we can become a community that begins to care for one another. We wouldn't allow people to go homeless. Our educational system would change. We would have children coming out with both hemispheres fully developed, right brain and left brain. We'd have more artists, we'd have creative geniuses, physicists, and engineers who could take us to other planets and to other galaxies because we listened. I see all kinds of possibilities. This is the kind of world that I am interested in creating through listening. 
1111 listeners, I'm talking to Dr. Carol McCall, educator, social psychologist, business consultant, and author of the book, Listen, There's a World Waiting to be Heard, from which this excerpt just came from, a woman with a vision to create 200 million masterful listeners on the planet. And before the break, we were talking about the happy ending to the story of not being heard, that there are nine tools of listening that have been created that we can each practice to become masterful at listening. And I intuitively think, Dr. C., that we are on the next tool of intuition. That's correct. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, One of the, I say, most powerful tools in the entire uh, toolkit, toolbox. And intuition really is that ability to know without having to prove, without having to have um, lots of backup information. Intuition is that internal knowing. It's a hunch. It's your gut instinct. It's intuition. And when you listen with intuition, the wonderful thing about intuition is you're always right. And when I discovered that there was an aspect to me, a trait about me that was always right, I truly was a happy camper. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Intuition. And using my intuition, my intuition is always right. My interpretation and or my uh, repurposing what the statement is uh, and, and sending it upstairs to analyze it Mm. And I emphasize analyze it to give it some logic. Uh, that's an oxymoron. Intuition, it, it cannot be, it's not logical. And when I do that, I don't follow my intuition. Um, a good 75 to 80% of the time, uh, and as much as 90, I have regretted that I didn't follow my intuition. Mm. So as I mature and as I become more and more seasoned in my lifespan, um, I trust my intuition. I truly trust my intuition. I, I'm not at a place where I follow it 100%, 100% of the time, and I'm very close. So intuition and listening to people intuitively gives me the true opportunity to listen to another human being and, and be able to really uh, address the message that they have sent and intuitively get what's going on with them and then feed that back to them, mirror that back to them from a place of questions, not from a place of telling. And people experience out of intuition that they've also been received, they have been accepted, they have been acknowledged. And that's what intuition does. It it does what I call the three A's, uh, acknowledgement, appreciation, and acceptance. When I intuit what someone says, and then I feed it back to them in, in, in the form of a question, the, the very fact that I intuited it and fed it back to them as a question, they experience being acknowledged, appreciated, and accepted. So intuition is a very powerful listening tool. The next tool is 991 MSU. My favorite. Oh, yes. And the... the, the um, experience that I have had over all these five decades uh, is that the majority of people, and I do mean majority, like 80 to 90 percent, live in 991 MSU, making stuff up. 
they listen to 25% and then they make up the other 75%. And, and the, the giveaway phrase is, oh, in other words, what you're saying, um, that phrase, in other words, that's the part that they've made up. What I coach people to use, the phrase, what I coach people to use is, for my clarity. For my clarity, are you saying? <laughs> Ask the question, are you saying? <clears throat> that, that way, you keep out of the mischief of making stuff up. And I, I had a wonderful uh, uh, experience just prior to coming on this call today. I'm um, engaged in my brainwave study project, and I was working with the headsets. And uh, we were, my son and daughter and I were working together, and they said, okay, uh, Mom, why don't you think of something that may be uh, disagreeable with you or, or that may be upsetting to you? And I said, well, right in this moment, I don't have anything. And they mentioned a family member. <laughs> and the minute they mentioned that particular family member, my brain waves went, they peaked. But to the simple name of that family member, my brain waves peaked. And... And, and my daughter had the, the, the training to say, and what are you making up about that family member? <laughs> and, and truly, it was the thought that I had about that particular family member that caused my brainwave to just to go off the chart. I mean, it was, they, they really peaked all, every time you mentioned, uh, my family member's name. So yeah. we make stuff up. And it does affect us, and absolutely affects our brainwaves. I actually saw that today in my uh, test run. So we make stuff up about people, and it's about us catching what it is that we made up. And so 99.1, MSU, the majority of people will spend the majority of their lives clearing that one up, like making sure that they become masterful at not making stuff up and listening from clarity. The next one, completion. Completion doesn't mean finish. Completion means you've gone as far as you can go at this point. After that, you can move on to the next, the next phase. And what most people do is they drag whatever the last conversation was into the next conversation, and there's residue. And so the majority of people who, commu- who talk, and I'm not saying communicate, who talk, they are, they are talking from several leftover conversations that they did not complete for themselves. And so if you've ever heard the expression, we're like two ships passing in the night, yeah, you are. Because they, they never deboarded the, the first ship, <laughs> and they didn't get off the first ship in order to get on the next ship, or they were they cert- certainly didn't complete anything from that last conversation. And so people run around with a lot of incompletions, which means that they have diminished their ability to be able to listen fully and be fully present. And the last one is called coach action. Uh, let me go back to completion. I do coach people to say, when they are finished with that particular subject to say, I'm complete. And the, the communication between my, my family and my daughters and my, my son and I, we say, I'm complete. Next subject. So we know we have shifted. We've turned the page or we're, we're on to the next topic, which really makes it clean and free and clear. So coach action. Coach action is how to break a drama cycle. And most of us are dramas waiting to be heard. We are waiting, we are a drama waiting to happen. And uh, any, any slight thought, all thoughts do uh, finally end up in 
causing some kind of drama, all thought, uh, is the place where drama starts, what was the thought, and then people go off on that with a feeling and action. Taking an action you wouldn't normally take stops the drama, and that's called coach action. So the coach action really stops the drama, and it, it allows you to return to the present moment in terms of what is actually going on right now in front of you, brings you back presently. And so those are the nine tools for the um, listening work that I do, and they do work in tandem with each other. I do coach people to take on one a month so that by the end of the ninth month, there's no accident that it's nine tools, nine months. There's the birth. <laughs> kind of like a birthing. A masterful uh, communicator, a masterful listener. So those are the nine tools. Kind of like a birthing. Nine months. Yes. Yeah, yes, nine months. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I hope it doesn't sound like it's coming out of left field. I'm highly curious about the question that I want to ask about the the energy of listening, the topic of listening, is it necessarily a more feminine energy than a masculine energy, and or is that even a fair question? It is a fair question, and no, it isn't any more feminine than masculine, and um, one of the gender differences has a lot to do with how we are socialized, and also... The, uh, how the brain, the, the male brain and the female brain is constructed. So women connect through listening and speaking and talking. Men connect through doing and performing. Mm. And so men listen to find out what they can do to perform, to accomplish something. Women listen for the connection, the communion between each other. And so when a man and a woman connect, they are bringing together these two hemispheres uh, that complement each other. However, one is not more feminine than the other. And there are women who have just as much masculine. They're listening so they can do, do, do. And men, there are men who are listening in order to connect, to communicate, and to um, become a union with someone. And you'll find... Those men in uh, arenas as in ministry, uh, artists, uh, actors, uh, musicians, uh, more in that arena for men and women who are more oriented in, in terms of do, doing and performing, you'll find them more in the science areas, in the technology areas, in the mathematics areas. Uh, they they definitely are into doing and performing. It doesn't mean one is masculine or feminine. It simply means that based on our socialization, that is how we get constructed, that's how we get taught, or that's how we start to imitate. And then from there, we have to deprogram ourselves, so to speak. We have to reprogram ourselves and read and listen to all four quadrants, which is how come I emphasize that. Listen to all four quadrants, and any man or woman can do that once they start to practice listening to all four quadrants. Did I answer your question? Yeah, it sounds like an equal um, working opportunity for both sexes yep. to do this powerful thing called listening, which from you know, what I know from my experience with you and, again, from listening to you today, 
This thing that we call listening, this partnership that we have with one another, is one of the most sacred experiences that two people can experience together, the exchange called listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it truly is intimate. Intimate. When mm. you're really listening, that is a moment of intimacy. Mm. And it, while the word intimate has become, I say, loaded, there's a lot of baggage around intimate. Uh, I don't want people to get intimate with me. What most people are saying, I don't want people to violate uh, my boundaries or my barriers, and if I, when I feel safe and when I feel protected, uh, as in I'm going to be received, accepted, appreciated, acknowledged, then I don't have to throw up any uh, facades. I don't have to throw up any of my barriers. Um, that's a form of intimacy. However, m- the majority of us do not experience that throughout much of our lifetime, which is why we we so uh, avidly look for a partner. We look for a soulmate. We look for a companion because we're there. There's got to be somebody who will listen to us. Who will yeah. really I, um, honor I and want to want to end our call today and our interview, Dr. C, by saying thank you so much for listening and partnering with me and the eleven eleven listeners. Um, it's just been delightful to spend this time with you. And I'll say more importantly to have the opportunity to share you and your body of work with Simi's 1111 listeners. And so I want to tell you personally that I am inspired by the dedication that you have to your work of listening and your vision to create 200 million masterful listeners by the year 2020. And so thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. It was, It is and was a joy to be here with you. Mm. And so... You can find Dr. C's book one more time in print and in MP3 format at www.listeningprofitsu, the letter U.com. I am Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, saying so long, and thank you for listening today. Do come visit me at www.therebelbell.com. And until we have a chance to meet again, have a fabulous day and be gentle with yourselves. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.